Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Andrew, and you're listening to Pixel Digest. This is one of the podcasts brought to you by InterVarsity's Ministry and Digital Spaces. Each and every week, I get together with my friends, and we trade recommendations on what games to play, what to watch, and who to follow on social media. If you're looking for new ways to engage in geek culture, or you're simply curious about the social and spiritual significance of it all, this is the place for you. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the show. I mean, thinking about some of my other podcasts that I listen to, some of my favorite moments are the, you're going to edit this out, right? I <laughs> when they leave that in there. I just think those are, yeah. those are some of the best moments. Always. I did edit out Shamichael's uh, thingy last week uh, per his request. Just so Gracias, brother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That was kind of you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. No, of course, I, I wouldn't make something like that public or whatever but anyways how was your guys' thanksgiving man my thanksgiving was was pretty good uh i, I went home so i mean of course i live in memphis it's 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 base for me but uh, i grew up in a little city in alabama and so i went home and um unfortunately my aunt passed away but uh, the bright side is she'd been kind of battling um some things and so uh definitely happy that she's not having to go through that anymore and then it kind of turned into a family reunion man like i mean like i just like people i had not seen in years and like new cousins who i had never met before um so it was pretty it was pretty awesome i mean i was i was telling brett i was running the whole time man just from house to house (laughs) place to place Mm. so it didn't make much it didn't make for much rest but it was really really good just to kind of see family and stuff that's good is everyone all in the living around the memphis area no, no. Actually, my family was spread out, man. Um, um, and so it was actually my great aunt. So the deal is, um, my my great aunt, my my, my great grandmother had sixteen kids, and so this was wow. the spouse of one of those uh, uh, one of one of those kids. Um, and so I guess it may maybe been probably the. Mm, late 60s early 70s kind of you know towards the end of that great migration where african americans were kind of leaving the south mm-hmm. um a number of them went up north uh to ohio and michigan mm-hmm. and so like half of them are up there and the other half are down here and so it was just really cool um they all came down for this they all came down. that was that was really amazing oh, nice. uh, we all got together so just to see everybody i mean this family is uh I just, just love family, man. So just to see that was pretty. That sounds a lot of, uh, like a lot of fun, and quite the opposite of yeah, fun. yeah. It's, it's, it's a huge family, you know. Family, you know, so many different characters in the family. You know, you got kind of the goofballs that are always cracking jokes. You got the other you know, kind of contemplative, you know, uncle that's always trying to, you know, give you the the, the wise counsel. It's, it's always a really really cool to see everybody coming together in that space. Yeah, my, my, my family's really large too, but I did a really low-key thing this year. Uh, we own, Me and my wife, we just had a, one friend over uh, nice. who, who uh, doesn't have family out here. His family is like elsewhere around the country. So we had him over, um, and then we went to see like a larger family gathering um, for dessert. Um, yeah, so it was kind of low-key. Uh, my family was sick, so we didn't go over there with my baby 
uh, my wife's family, they had their little thing, but uh, we opted to uh, do a low-key thing and then just just join them for dessert. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess me and my wife were trying to figure out, you know, new family, trying to figure out new traditions or whatever. But uh, yeah, yep. yeah. But I, I mean, I like yep. I like getting together with with uh, with, with family though, um, and have and you know, it's Thanksgiving, Christmas. A lot of times are excuses for family reunions. It's not even about the holidays sometimes, but uh, right. Not this year though. Yeah. But glad to hear you had fun with that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, for for me, it was a it was a bit of a return to normal. The last two years, I realized uh, we had not done the usual family thing. So, I mean, it's been my it's been my habit to take the full week of Thanksgiving off. Um, oh, that's I, nice. Vacation days anyway. So you know, you get a you get like ten, a ten day stretch at the cost of three vacation days. Uh, so anyway, so I've I've done that for years, um, and and traditionally, there's a big uh, Willett family gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, usually like 50 people. Um, but the last two years, I guess three, a little over two years ago, my, my grandfather had passed away. And, um, so that kind of, we, we did a, we did a big memorial service and, and that kind of thing, um, in place of Thanksgiving that year. And then last year, the, uh, aunt and uncle who hosted were traveling. And so, yeah, so it'd been weird, like after probably 20 years of going down there, uh, the last couple of years I had not, uh, but this year it was back on. We had, I think there are 58 of us. Oh my God. <laughs> we descended on Charlotte. Uh, and it was, it was great. Uh, how do you, you know, how do you gather? Like, a, uh, so, outdoors? Yep. Yep. So, uh, we, we always pray for good weather and most years it's gorgeous. I mean, this year it was probably high sixties. I mean, yeah. Oh. unseasonably warm wow okay. uh, but it was i mean it was it was absolutely a perfect day and so my my aunt and uncle had rented they have a decent sized backyard and, and so they had rented a, a canopy tent and uh and some tables and so we were all able to be under this tent together uh which actually worked really well it's the first time we've done that um normally you know normally we would be scattered in in small rooms throughout the house <laughs> and then it's it's harder to feel like you see everybody you know yeah. So, anyway, so, which is, I mean, I guess for this podcast, an interesting reflection, like, you know, this, this technology of the tent, the, the, the canopy uh, enabled us to connect better, you know, got all of us in one big space. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like I felt like I saw everybody way more. I felt like I had more conversations with aunts and uncles um, that I, you know, that I haven't connected with in a long time. So anyway, so yeah, technology works. It's good. <laughs> Well, we we has, we haven't uh, we didn't meet last week because of Thanksgiving, so it's been two weeks since we we chatted. Um, over the past two weeks, what has caught you guys' eye or interest? What do you guys? Uh, what can you guys recommend for us this week? Well, this is not a recommendation. I guess I just I don't know if y'all watched the Game Awards. I was kind of checking it out on Twitter last night. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't get a chance to, but I I, I tuned in uh, briefly at different points. Yeah, so but- they premiered the, the, the they showed some new uh, new footage from the the Zelda game and it looks like so amazing man I, I got I <laughs> did I it I don't even have a console to play it but I may have to go out and get a console to play. No, wait, well you want to wait for the Nintendo Switch right Yeah yeah coming okay. out when is that coming out When's uh, that coming? I think esti- people are estimating March Okay uh, 2017 Yeah Okay All right 
So huh. soon. What's, soon. Uh, what's this thing about the Switch? The thing about the Switch? Oh, it, it's it's kind of like this. Uh, their 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 angle is that it's kind of a um, a, co- a home console device, but also a handheld. Oh, interesting. So it's, it's okay. kind of like a phablet in a sense. It's like roughly that size or maybe a little bit bigger. So it, it's it's a handheld, but, you know, it's kind of like a people are used to iPads and the size of iPads and things like that. Yeah. So it's a little bit smaller. So you can take it and roughly you get rough console gaming in that uh, regard with full controllers. But when you go home, you can dock it and it becomes your home console system. And the, nice. contro- and the controllers detach from it. So you have um, basically like a, a wireless controller. So they're, it's, it, it really, they're really trying to, to um, find a sweet spot between something that has the power of a home console system but can also be taken on the go, played on an airplane, uh, play on rooftop parties that they showed in their trailer. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, it's, it's innovative, you know? Like, I feel like as, as fantastic as the Xbox One and PS4 are... So like, it feels like an inevitable next step to what had come before. So, I mean, the Switch, it, it just uh, like I like that they're trying to incorporate some new things. They're imagining new places people might use it. Uh, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like the games are going to be, at least Zelda, <laughs> sounds yeah. like it's going to be pretty good. Right. So Z- Zelda was slated for the Wii U, uh, yeah. but they, they went ahead and, yeah. and you know... <laughs> I think they're releasing it on both, but Shemichael. Okay. So Shemichael, you're, you're you're obviously hyped about Zelda, this new Zelda game. The Switch is probably going to come out in March. Rumors ha- rumor has it that it's going to be around two fifty. So pretty a, f- a pretty affordable so price point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So okay. I don't know. Is that are you gonna? Does that make you want to pick it up? Wait till March and pick it up. Uh, I may, man. I, you know, I would. I, I, my my son's been asking for like a Wii U for the longest. Um, for a couple of days, so I don't hold know. Off. You got to hold yeah, off. I, I think I will probably hold off for for a Switch. Man. Yeah, I mean they're basically killing the Wii U. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, so okay, so a couple couple questions. So, Shmichael, what what about this Zelda game looked amazing and and caught your attention? And then I'll follow that up with, you know, the, the ever controversial question: Which is the greatest Zelda game? <laughs> So just, so just so can reflect. Well, let, let, let me throw in another piece of controversy here because even as a hardcore gamer, as a hardcore gamer like myself, I never played Zelda. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. What? Just, oh man. Okay. You 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 can't talk for the next like five minutes. I, yeah, I know. But but this this looks like a great. I, I'm I'm gonna be playing this one for sure. I'm picking okay. up the switch right. and All I'm right. gonna get Good. this game. It, it just looks, man, like the the the. You know, you guys. I'm always talking about just the design. I mean, just the worlds, mm-hmm. um, the characters that you're able to interact with. Uh, you know, kind of this uh, new weapons, um, mm-hmm. and just the strategy behind it. I mean, I, like it's a pretty brief clip, and I, I mean, we can definitely drop it in the show notes. It, I think they took about about maybe two and a half minutes to show the gameplay, but mm-hmm. it is just amazing what what they have what they've been able to do, and um, and the story the storyline looks looks pretty amazing as well. And mm-hmm. I've got to say, the first one, man, it's just something about that gold cartridge that uh, just oh, yeah. kind of I just want to frame that thing and just just leave it. In. That's probably the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the same. I, I am 100%. The original Zelda is still the greatest. Uh, there's, yeah, there's just, I don't know. It, it was, I, I mean, that was endless hours of my childhood. Yeah. Playing that game and mostly watching my friends play that game because I never had a console. So it's that 
I was at my friend's house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sort of the, the classic controversy. I don't know if, if kids today or, or even, even college students today would, would identify with this, but I feel like for us who grew up in the eighties, uh, you know, there's this, this childhood thing of if you didn't have a console and many people didn't have their own console, right. Uh, you, you were just not very good at games. So you, you spend all your time <laughs> watching your friends. You, you, you play, you do the, like the equitable, like, Oh, well you can play until you die. And then I'll play until I die. <laughs> and so it became like Mario or Zelda. Like I play for about 35 seconds and then my, my friend plays for three hours. Oh, right. wow. right. <laughs> you know, cause they, they play all the time, you know, they, they, and I, I was just, you know, those original controllers are not my favorite. Um, yeah. Anyway, but, but I still, so watching, I mean, this is sort of like the equivalent of my, television series or, or, you know, or, or these days, like a Marvel universe, like the number of hours I spent watching, uh, the original legend of Zelda is just, I mean, it's hundreds of hours, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 I've had many encounters with the gold cartridge and, and a lot of it was that going to my friend's house and watching them play. So I've definitely mm-hmm. seen it for sure. Uh, you know, I probably picked it up and played it a little bit, but never owned it myself. And, and, um, I guess for that reason, never continue to pick up, uh in further iterations of it um but for you guys and i yeah so so shamaika you've seen the trailer you've seen the gameplay brett i'm not sure you've seen the new zelda gameplay i am not i'm gonna look it up as soon as we get off so i guess (laughs) i guess um i guess my question for you shamaika is is uh, as someone who you know uh really enjoys and, and 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 treasures that 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 first zelda game um so many years ago what what is um what is exciting you about this new Zelda game? I mean, I imagine it's, it's the gameplay is going to be completely different. Is it just the the love for the characters and the the world? Yeah, that, that yeah. I, I, I think it's. I mean, there's a certain level of. I mean, every time I kind of see Zelda, there's a certain level of nostalgia that comes back. You know, uh, that Brett just mentioned. You know, just being a kid. I mean, that was one of the first games that I just kind of gravitated to. And so this is kind of, and I, I'd seen the trailer. I think like when they first released the trailer, maybe maybe a summer, years ago, yeah. or or some, yeah, you know, earlier this year. I'd seen it um, and thought it was pretty cool. But last night, just to kind of see some of the additional gameplay, which they had not released, which I hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. um, just kind of made it all the more um, exciting um, to just kind of see. So you know, some of the weapons that that Bentlink has and, and so forth. That's really cool. Yeah, and if all right, I can't, I can't wait to look it up. <laughs> yeah. And if you get, if you guys get it on the Switch, you know, Shamako, you could be at home playing it with your kids, and then, uh, you know, the the evening before, and then the next morning, you can take it into the office. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's gonna be cool, man. I, I, I definitely will. Now, listening to you, I think I'll definitely wait on Switch. Yeah. Cool. I'm super intrigued too. <laughs> So I, I have a I have another question. Actually, no. Let me give, let me give one other observation. So I was having this conversation about the the greatest uh, Zelda video game, and uh, <laughs> I was having the conversation with somebody who's about ten years younger than me. Um, and and so our listeners are probably even you know a few years younger than that. But um, but for somebody who's more like a, a child of the early nineties, um, the ones that I've interviewed all swear that the Ocarina of Time is. <laughs> Far and away, right? That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. And they they are adamant. They're they're as adamant about that as I am about the original. Um, <laughs> so I, I asked a friend about this, and his his theory is 
it's whichever Zelda was was big when you're at that certain age when you're first getting into gaming. Yeah, I'm sure. So you know, so the nostalgia is huge. It's sort of like what what mechanics are normal, what you know, what graphics are normal. You know, for me, so like the you know the eight bit or sixteen bit or whatever the original is in. I don't know, maybe it's 32. I don't know. It's not, it's not a lot of bits, but <laughs> um, that, I don't know. I don't mind the I don't mind the graphics at all. Like it, it, it's again, extremely nostalgic, you know, and I feel like actually encourages my imagination to fill in, you know, to fill in the, the rough edges and, and, you know, imagine what these monsters look like and, and what these worlds look like. So for me, that's that's huge. But I know a kid today, you know, so whoever, whoever plays this newest, Zelda on uh, on the Switch, like they're gonna. I, I imagine they would have an extremely hard time going back. Yeah, that's the graphics. Yeah. yeah, probably so. Probably so. Yeah, and I mean, and, and Nintendo has remade some of these for like the 3DS, for example. Mm, um, cool. They 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 made it you know a little bit slightly higher res and and things like that. Because uh, yeah, I, I popped in an, an N64 not too long ago and put in uh, Majora's Mask because like oh cool you know like obviously one a, a great zelda game i want to see how it goes and maybe play it i i couldn't do it just because it was so low res i was playing it on like a <laughs> like a 60 inch yeah. a 60 inch hd tv with an n64 oh, nice. <laughs> um, like every pixel is like a yeah. I, you, I couldn't discern i couldn't discern anything uh but then at, at work i popped in um the remake of ocarina of time on 3ds and it looks great it looks really cool um but cool. For me, I, I think I, I can't jump back to that era too well. That when when 3D gaming was first being made, like I, the N64 yeah. PlayStation era, mm-hmm. I, it's a little mm-hmm. difficult for me to jump back to that era. But I can jump back to NES much easier. Like something about 2D yep. side scrolling, or even like yep. the top down 2D of like the original uh, the Zeldas on the, the Zelda games on the NES. I can probably jump back into that much easier. I'm not sure why. That's um, a good point. So yeah. when I get the Switch, uh, when I get the Switch, I'll probably end up buying a few like nes games that are that they have running emulated on the switch and i'll probably pop yeah. in zelda or link to the past or something like that and, and try to play those but <laughs> so you get to you can yeah, do that you know, too I, michael you, you 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 should be able to play the old nes zelda games on the switch as well i believe huh. uh, oh that is too cool i yeah. did not know that so that- <laughs> yeah we're all like how do i save this money in the next yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I didn't know because uh, because I, I was contemplating asking the wife to get a mini uh, for Christmas. So that that's now that I know that maybe I'll. Uh, oh, like a, yeah. a 3ds or something. Uh, yeah, no, no, the the, the the mini NES. Oh, the mini. Oh man, that thing oh, is hard. Yeah, that yeah. thing is hard to find. It is extremely difficult to find, man. But Zelda's on there, right? Zelda, I believe, I believe it is. I, I won't say a, it is. It has a good collection of games for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the other alternative, which uh, I don't know, Andrew, maybe you should edit this out of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> you can decide because right. uh, it's slightly illegal, or at least flirting with <laughs> lines of legality. Uh, is um, I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> so for thirty bucks, you can you can build um, your own retro gaming console from a, from a Raspberry Pi, and uh, you can find. Um, Free, <laughs> free quote uh, <laughs> ROMs, uh, ROMs uh, of of like almost every uh, probably every original NES game, most Super NES games, every Atari game ever made. Wow! 
and you can load them, you know, and again, like they're all like eight kilobytes. <laughs> I mean, there, it might be a little bit more than that. Like Atari games might be eight kilobytes. Uh, Nintendo games are a little bit more. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, these days you can get a micro SD card for a few bucks. That's 30, 60, 100 gigabytes, you know, and, and that's going to hold more like every game, you know, from the 80s is <laughs> going to be like a few megs. Uh, so anyway, so and, and it's the size of a credit card. Uh, the, the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, I, I want to I want to say I I I read that somewhere and and because I had been wanting to play with Raspberry Pi for a while and just mm-hmm. never. I I uh, I may have written up a blog post. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes and uh, unless unless Andrew or Shermichael decides that this is uh, this is flirting with the galaxy. No no no, this is fine. I think this is fine. Right. I mean, it, it, it brings up a very interesting conversation too. But go go, go on. Yeah, so I, I will say I will say the one thing in my defense is that technically, if you if you have ever purchased a copy of these games, um, you should be able to make your own copy, you know, your own digital version of it that can go on a Raspberry Pi. So if you feel if you feel bad about it, you can go buy a cartridge on eBay or you know or, or just remember like oh yeah I, I owned all these when I was a kid. Yeah. So maybe maybe it'll go like and download every Atari game ever because that you know <laughs> one. <laughs> overwhelming but to you know just out of respect um but it's i don't know like this fair use thing is a it's a it's a weird line because like well how many working atari players are there anymore so like right. how do how do i even pay for you know this these these original games so i think i think my greatest triumph and i, I may have written about this in the in the blog post uh was there's this game and this was this this was like early '80s, so when I was a really little kid, um, and before you know, before my Legend of Zelda watching days. But the first game I remember playing, and and probably the thing that sparked my love of game games for uh, a lifetime, um, was uh, oh man, I can't even remember the name of it right now. But there's a <laughs> I had this distinct memories of this game that my dad would play on on one of the original Ataris, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it sort of looked like uh, Pac-Man, but the you know the pixelated characters you know actually had more interesting abilities that they could do, and, and you know, so mechanically, there's a lot more going on. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, this was like an eight-bit game for sure, so it was, it was really low res. Um, but I, I watched my dad play this game for so many hours, and uh, and then I had this really vivid memory of the cover art um it's like this big wizard and there's this labyrinth and then these different monsters you know in the labyrinth and then you're like a warrior moving through the labyrinth fighting all these different monsters so i had that image in my head and so like when i was when i was starting to build the retro pi uh the the retro gaming console on the raspberry pi um I was like, I have to find this game. This is like the thing that was driving. I mean, one, I wanted to play Legend of Zelda. And then two, I wanted to find this game that I, I remembered so distinctly. So basically the two games that like consumed a good bit of my, my childhood. Um, and so I found it. Actually, I remember it was called The Wizard of War, uh, W-O-R. Hmm. And uh, it's... <laughs> It's basically like Pac-Man. Uh, so, you know, I'm not sure the game gameplay transcends time, um, you know, that, that somebody else could pick it up and it would be, you know, as exciting. Um, but for me, again, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's it, this this idea that gaming is not just, it's not just the mechanics, not just the characters of the story, but um, if we think about games as spaces to inhabit, you know, so for me, there's just a ton of nostalgia 
of seeing the screen, of seeing the cover art. Um, those are some of the happiest memories of, of my dad, you know, my entire life. Uh, and yeah. so, anyway, so that's, a, I don't know, it feels like this really precious thing to me, even though like, if I, if you guys pick that game up and played it, it might not be that fun. Right. Um, it's, it's a space that I get to re-enter. That's, that's really, really important. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes even games you, you do really love, uh, you go back to it. It's not fun. But there's something about that, but there's something about uh, cherishing that that memory and even having it so that you can access it is 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 valuable even if you're not going to sit and play it and enjoy it in the same way. Um, yeah. Yep. But you know, like it, so, I, like this this idea of like ROMs and uh, you know downloading games onto your own consoles, you know, on your own PC or a, something that you've made. I think it's a really morally gray area, but it, Brett, from the, from the sounds of it, it sounds like if you had the opportunity to buy it again, you would mm-hmm. just the way you're talking about For it sure. clearly, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and there's an issue in, in video games is, is, is cataloging and preserving games. You know, it's, it's a, it's a huge problem. It's not like movies where we have VHSs and DVDs and now Blu-ray, which there are plenty of players for, uh, even VHS players you can still get. And a lot of these old movies on VHS have been digitized. They've been converted to DVD and Blu-ray and things like that. But we don't have uh, we don't have that going on for video games as much, you know? Yeah, um, that's a good startup idea right there, right. I don't know if anybody's been working on that, but man, well, that would be amazing. I mean, it's not, well, it's, I'm sure there's like licensing issues and all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, um, but I mean, yeah, games on the NES, you know, there aren't, Unless people bring back, Nintendo brings back the classic NES that Shamichael is trying to acquire, right? Mm-hmm. An official, an official console that has these games loaded on there. Um, there's no other way to get them except for, well, they have the virtual consoles on the Wii U and the Switch and things like that. But uh, like on Atari, for on Atari or the GameCube or the Sega Saturn, and uh, you know, there's so many consoles uh, over the past several decades. There's so many games that are just stuck on those consoles. Right, you'd have to find them on eBay or a random garage sale to find an old console to then maybe then go and look for these cartridges, and that's the only place these games live. Some of them, you know, Um, and so I know that it it puts players in this position where it's much easier to just download ROMs. Um, But I mean, yeah. So I maybe I don't know. What if the startup thing was like? Let's. I mean, and honestly, like almost every nes game again like almost every single atari game is is on a rom on several websites yeah so they're not hard to find you they're not hard to find no they're there yeah they're not hard to find so what if what if the kickstarter was a little bit more like a a link you know just like a donation link let's find out who those original developers were or their families you know for some of them passed away since Mm. it was like kind of a long time ago that some of these were being made um and and you know just give people opportunity to say thanks like you know, and, and whether that's, I, I mean, even, even something like Pong, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be like, sure. Like, let me throw a buck at the guy who made Pong. Like, I, I don't want to like play it for hours, but this is a major contribution in the history of, you know, of something that I love deeply. So yeah, at some point, if I was in a good mood, like I'd probably throw a dollar his way. Or, you know, if I, if I started to get back into the original legend of Zelda, like I'd love to send a few bucks, you know, their way. Um, and, and, you know, just, so I don't know if somebody could create that platform, of, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll connect you to developers across decades. This would be like a, a nonprofit platform. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, just, uh, just 
something that existed not to not to cut a percentage necessarily right. but yeah, like a Kickstarter, except that it's for things that were made 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, you, you know, ROMs are already out there, um, but yeah. uh, a lot yeah. of these devs and their families are not continuing to earn royalties on these things. Um, that's not a bad idea. Do you yeah. want to start it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's uh, let's 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 chew on that a little bit. Or if, yeah, I mean, if any of our <laughs> listeners like, if you have a little bit of technical know-how, like this could be this could be really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so so ROMs, even though they exist in kind of like this morally gray area, legally gray, sometimes it's not gray at all. It's uh, they are illegal in many ways. Um, they ex- they exist in this space, but they're doing a huge service to uh, preserving the history of video games and and grant and you know allowing access to things that are would otherwise be pretty much lost. So it's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess it would, it would be good to like kind of also enter into that space and and uh give back if we can but are you guys are you guys familiar with the internet archive no what is that uh well it's i'm familiar with archive.org is that the uh let me i think that's what i'm talking about yeah so it's archive.org is is referred to as the internet archive. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. so it's it's, cool. it's <laughs> sort of it's sort of this kind of thing. I don't know that they've done nearly so much with gaming, uh, but I mean it's amazing. You know, it's it's this attempt to preserve uh, you know, books, movies, music. Um, this is super interesting. I, I, this is the first time I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Oh, Shamako, you're gonna have fun. It's, yeah, you're gonna <laughs> like. Yeah. Sorry about the rabbit rabbit hole. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. You can go go back and look like look at what Facebook used to look like and things like that. Oh man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, but they they have a lot of like um, public domain um, video. They have you know. So there's there's this uh, section of the archive called the I think it's called the Prelinger. I think that's how you pronounce it, Pillinger Archive, uh, which is just like video clips from the 60s and, and earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, I mean, you can watch, uh, which is fascinating because like there's like a ton of super racist stuff. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but you can go watch like what were the TV commercials like, you know, in 1950? You know, what, what were like, um, you know, what were... Or the school training videos, um, you know, like uh, there's stuff about like uh, you know, internment camps in, in the in the 1940s in, in World War II. Mm. You know, you can kind of see the the public service announcements for, for all of this kind of stuff. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just it's, I think it's a really important thing to preserve these and um, you know to have this be. Uh, I mean, both both to have access to it, but then things that are of that age and that era are also public domain. So it, you can create your own art with these things. You can, you know, they're free to use, free to download, free to share. Um, a lot of it, I think, I think there are some, you know, you need to pay attention to the creative commons licenses uh, yeah, for the different right. archive. Um, but at least some of the older stuff, like, yeah, it's just, it's just there for you. And a ton of the music is, is, is uh, public domain as well. And, I don't know. I, it's things like this that make me really hopeful about the internet as as a technology. Yeah, you know, totally, totally. Where people can come together, like it. I don't know. This this is a sort of like feels like a pretty uh, a passion part of of my life, um, and it's something very close to my heart. So, 
anyway, I haven't quite figured out what to do with that, like in the grand scheme of my, my own story arc. But, um, but anyway, it, it, it makes me hopeful and inspired to know that there's something like archive.org. The internet. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great piece of technology. Um, I know I, I've never been, from an academic standpoint, I've never been, quote unquote, good at history. I never did well in history classes or anything like that. Um, but I r- appreciate the idea of like history, right? Like, and it, and it bothers me that so much is lost in history. There's just like things that we'll never know, things that were never written down, things that were written down or lost or destroyed. And it's just gone from, you know, humanity. Um, so even things like this, this is like, this is a, a great piece of technology just because it's, especially in the inter- internet age where things are gone within a second, you know, mm-hmm. that this can mm-hmm. preserve uh, something that we can learn from, something that we can look back on and, and under, you know, yeah, it's just, I, I, I just agree with what you said there. It's just a, uh, hopeful for, for technology and, and, and this piece of technology here is just a great example of what technology can do for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I feel like I was reading something about this or a similar idea the other day, but the thing that, that then it prompts is not, and I feel like education and, and there needs to be a shift in education. I think, I think it's happening at least, you know, among academics who are, who are thinking about education. Uh, but it, it, the issue is not as much anymore. Like, do we know something? It's, it's these questions of what do we do with what we know? Mm. You know, cause you can Google like, just about anything, you know? And I mean, even, even like I'm in a stats class right now, you know? And so, yeah, we have, we have a traditional textbook. It costs a ridiculous amount of money. It's hundreds and hundreds of pages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the end, you know, honestly, when I get stuck on a, on a problem or like, how do I, how do I approach something or how do I think about it? Like when I'm doing a problem set, I Google it. Right. You know, and, and, and I look at my texts and I look at responses on Google, you know, from, from different blogs and, and, and other websites and I can piece together like, okay, I can teach myself stats pretty well, you know, and, and I think, I think we can do that with a lot of topics Like you can learn the mechanics of a lot of things, you know, and even going back to gaming, like you can learn the, me- the mechanics of, of a game. Um, but it's, it, so it's this like deeper level stuff that, that you can't learn. You know, it's like, what are, what are the things about life that you can't learn from a Google search? Mm. Yeah. And, and those are the things that we, what is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those, those are the things that we need to spend our time in schools and churches and our families like talking about, you know, the, the things that you can't Google, like, you know, you don't need to waste a lot of time in class, like, you know, running through some mechanics of, uh, I don't know, geometry or something like, uh, yeah, it's it's more the it's the underlying why you know why does this matter why do we care so yeah so we have like this internet archive it's like great so you can watch all these commercials from the fifties the thing that's not going to help you do is figure out like so why why <laughs> did we you know move all these hundreds of thousands of Japanese Americans into internment camps mm-hmm. why you know are we still wrestling with racism at such a fundamental level in the United States, 60, 70 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, why, you know, is there, you know, like, like we talked about last week, why, why is that not just external from me, but why is there this distrust and hatred and fear in my own heart towards, towards other people? Um, you know, those are the questions that, that gets a lot harder to, <laughs> to find on Google or, or an archive. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that, that that's always the question with history, right? I mean, like, uh, why learn the, the you know the dates and the names of uh, mm. the founding of this country and things like that, right? I mean, uh, to some people it is just oh, it's interesting to know, uh, and then others it's like, well, what can we learn? You know, how how do, how do we apply what we know about the founding of this country, which is I think a huge debate still. <laughs> yes. But, uh, oh my gosh. But I mean, yeah, 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 it's very, amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing how much we've actually been talking about that yep. in the last five years. Like really, since I mean, the, the Tea Party pushed that forward, yeah. you know, four or five years ago, and then you know, and it, I feel like that's almost every conversation now. Right? <laughs> case in point for case in point for uh, you know how how difficult it is to to apply history and and yeah, like exactly what you're saying, going beyond. You can Google anything. What do you do with that knowledge? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's why, you know, that's why we're doing a podcast like this. It's not just, again, to throw around interesting ideas, but we want it to be start of a conversation, you know? So for, for you listeners, like, yeah, we're, we're thrilled that, you know, that, that folks have been listening and paying attention. And, you know, I, I don't know, I'm just humbled when somebody's like, Oh yeah, I listen to your podcast. Like that's still, I don't know. Yeah. It makes me happy. But in the end, it's like, I, I don't, I don't want people just to listen or I don't want us even to just have these conversations. Um, I, w- I want it to be the start of, I don't know, a journey together, you know, yeah. sort of, of wrestling yeah. with some of these. Yeah. And, uh, if it's okay, I kind of want to transition into, into my recommendation just because it, yeah. it uh, I, I feel like it's related in a sense. Absolutely. In terms of like knowledge and being able to Google anything uh, but what do you do with it? And, you know, um, not just what you do with it, but how do you interpret it? Uh, and then whose interpretation is correct. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I'm going to have an answer to it, but I just want to, uh, make it even a little more complex. Um, <laughs> so I want to recommend this article on the, from the New Yorker and we'll, we'll have a link to it in the description, but it's called, the, the article is called, um, if animals have rights, should robots, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and, right um and we all kind of understand what you know okay that, sure. that's a legitimate question yeah right but um and you know i think we've seen this played out especially in movies and games when there's an ai involved like a very um like just the movie ai or wally or uh chappy right. or uh short circuit uh, oh, you're giving you're giving like the you're giving like the nice kids versions, man. You gotta you gotta go with the more recent. Well, like, even Terminator, or, you know, even Terminator. Yeah, uh, Terminator more re- or a, or her, her, or, sure. More more recently, uh, more recently, um, Westworld. Uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, and uh, I, I feel like and I could be wrong, but you, you know, I, I feel like a lot of them are. A lot of these movies and creative works aren't necessarily about uh, making a statement about AI per se, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of their, mm-hmm. their their rights, but but they always end up playing with that idea that the AI is uh, is a real being in its like in and of itself, like they, they are real, they yeah. they have rights, right? They they play with that territory a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the idea of, of worth and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I want to see what you guys think about. What, what do you guys think about that? Do you guys have thoughts on like, not 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 going in whether or not they should have rights? But when you watch these movies, uh, do you feel like 
do do you do you feel like oh man like I'm totally empathetic towards these these robots and in real life I can see myself being empathetic towards them and 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 there is a legitimate concern with whether or not robots will have rights or should have rights or even should we even be having conversation about robot rights uh, how do you, how does that make you just I don't know feel I know you guys aren't prepared <laughs> for for that but uh, I'll let you go first Michael. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll explain the article in a little bit but just I just want to kind of get your initial impressions about robot rights if I was just throw it out there it's, to be honest it's not something that I have really given much consideration to but mm-hmm. you certainly see why there is a need right I mean as we de- I mean because I think that we take we a couple of podcasts to talk about just um, you know AI and, and kind of where it's going um i mean you you've got to have that and that's the thing about tech it always kind of outpaces ethics right i mean you kind of have to Mm, to catch up you know i think we're kind of at that place now where we're trying to catch up and it'll be interesting to see what happens with it yeah Uh, so i think i think my off-the-cuff uh response is i i get really uncomfortable with the idea, you know, so when you first asked the question, you know, my, my first initial thought was like, no, they don't have rights. They're not, they're not organic matter, you know, so like, who cares? Um, so, but I, that's, that's a little bit more reactionary. So I think, I think, um, in a more, in a more nuanced way, uh, I would say, I, I think if I think about it some more, the, the place I might land would be yes, but those are not the same rights that we would afford animals. And I'm of the mindset that the rights we afford animals are not the same rights that we afford humans. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, so I, I think, yeah, like, great. Let's not just be dismissive of, you know, of, of, of robots or, or whatever, but yeah. let's also not pretend like they, they are organic or animal or plant, you know, so they're not plants, they're not animals, they're not human. Um, that's probably my hierarchy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I feel similarly. Um, so the interesting thing is when I watch these movies, um, yeah, my reaction too is like, whatever, they're robots. And I know they're, they're <laughs> I know that they're, it's, they're, these movies are made uh, and you're supposed to feel empathetic and you do because they, they, they appear very lifelike and, and uh, soulish in a sense. Um, but to, for me, as you know, someone who understands how gaming AI is, uh, is designed and even uh, my, my, my undergrad background is in neurobio you know, so I understand a little bit about how the mind works and, and a lot about how we don't know how the mind works. Uh, I'm just like, the, a, all these AI that we have, they're, they're simulations of what we un- know about the mind, right? Uh, we, we haven't designed it to work like the mind because we don't know how it works, but we've designed AI to emulate the symptoms of the mind, right? Symptoms of consciousness. Uh, we understand what consciousness looks like on the outside and we've created simulations of it right so to me i'm like it's not a real mind it's not consciousness it's just a robot but reading this article what this article has done though is made me realize that this is this is actually a a difficult conversation for people because of people's different moral um compasses in terms of like, well, what is moral? Who gets to decide what is moral? Which is a huge question, right? 
Again, um, yeah, that's a question you can't Google. Yeah, you so, can't Google I mean, that. Like, what is right? <laughs> it's always someone's interpretation. It's always someone's moral system. And I guess humanity is always battling about whose moral system gets to be the law of the land or legislated, things like that. And so the article is really interesting because it talks about like, well, you know, if if your moral system is based on this, then yes, robots should have rights. You know, if your moral system is based on this, then yes, robots should have rights, uh, which is also weird because then we know robots are not like animals or like humans, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, for example, why why should animals have rights? Is it because um, is it because we are humans are better than them and we should be protectors, right? Or should they have rights because um, they are similar to us? Like when Harambe was was the you know the gorilla that was shot earlier this year, yeah. people were yeah, like yeah. people were like going crazy over it. Oh, absolutely. And, and then like also the line, the, what was, what was the line? Oh, yeah. The line that got killed by the dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. The, the, there was petitions, uh, you know, after Harambe was shot, there were like 100,000 more signatures on the petition than there was for uh, Tamir Rice's shooting, for example. I know. And that that's the, so that's the thing that gets me. So like, great. Like, yeah, let's not, let's not shoot, like particularly animals that we've put in captivity, like that's kind of wrong. Yeah. Um, or maybe, anyway, yeah, we could talk about that for a long time. That's probably not the point. But for me, it's the, the, if there's a response that's greater on a, on behalf of an animal than over a human, uh, that, that just, that drives me nuts. Like, I, I just think this is, this is pointing out a fundamental problem. Yeah. Um, like if somebody got more bent out of shape about the rights of an AI or, or a robot than they did a human, like that would, <laughs> that would bug me. <laughs> and, and well, yeah, and I think that, that, that that's the insight that this article kind of gives is that it's like, man, like what I'm not sure if that's what it's trying to get across. But when you read this article, you're like, man, like we uh, left our own devices. We can't come up with a great, really great system um, for, mm-hmm. for what is moral and good. Right. I mean, like, like why, why were people all up in arms about Harambe? Was it because we, we feel ourselves as protectors over animals? And so that was wrong. Or is it because we feel like, uh, Harambe as a gorilla, as an as a as a um, as a primate, is very similar to us in its ability to think and feel. Well, you know, like a robot could be seen as our protector because it's better at at so many different things. It serves us. Um, r- machines already protect us, right? So does that make it? Um, yeah. Or you know, machines can also emulate feelings. It can also think. It can also learn, quote unquote, right? And therefore, does that put it in the same category as as animals? Um, and it goes on and on and on. There's so many mm-hmm. things here. Um, I I feel like I mean, for us, you know, as as we come at this from, you know, from from a Christian tradition, I feel like it's yeah. starting to press into like what is the nature of a soul mm-hmm. and what beings yeah. or what you know, we have what beings organic or not, um, have a soul, you know, like, I don't know. Like, and that's, that's a tricky thing. Like, do plants have, have a soul? Like, should we grieve, you know, when a tree gets cut down, do animals have a soul? Should we grieve, you know, when, uh, yeah, when, when, when we slaughter a cow for to eat or we grieve when a gorilla, you know, is, is shot. Um, and, and do humans have souls? You know, that's, uh, I mean, that's, you know, not everybody would agree on that either. Uh, but, and so, so like, even, even this, like, if we focus on humanity, why do, why do humans matter? Why, why, why do we grieve or not grieve Mm -hmm. when when people pass or are sick or hurt? 
or in pain. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually the article gets into <laughs> things similar to that as well. Uh, in that we are, we are very unreliable in terms of just de- deciding, you know, how to relate to these kinds of situations. Yeah. Like why do we grieve for one person and not the other? Why do mm-hmm. we, why, why is it wrong to tattoo a dog, but it's not wrong to brand a cow? <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, I mean, all, all to show that, that, that e- even in the systems that we do, the good systems that we are, that are socially acceptable are in, in them, in and of themselves inconsistent and, uh, hypocritical. Um, but it, it did really make me feel like, man, I'm, I'm, for me, I, I, I find solace in having, uh, my faith, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in God as a, as a moral compass, you know, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't have the, to me, this, this absolute, uh, morality, which is, you know, I, I, I would be like, man, yeah. Like, well, how, how do you decide? How do you just, I mean, we have some common sense, but even our common sense and our intuition and our instincts are unreliable, um, yes. in many ways. <laughs> right. So, uh, I don't know. Mm. It's just, it was a very interesting article that at first I thought I was like, man, this is really going to go deep into AI rights. But so, so much of it was just about like pointing out our faulty systems in morality in general. <laughs> mm. um, and then, and thus, and how it might relate to AI in the future. So uh, give it a read. I'm sure you're going to get something out of it completely different than I did, but uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys. That's like you're yeah, it sounds like a great find. So, yeah, we will have a link in the show notes. It sounds great. Cool. Um, well, I yeah, we we are just about the, at the end of our time, but I wanted to. I'll just do a very quick recommendation. Uh, this actually worked out well because I don't. I don't know. This is a lot of new territory, but it felt like a great discovery for me. Um, so there's a there's a researcher thinker uh, named Dana Boyd. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. Mm. Um, she, uh, I think she does a lot of stuff. She works for, she does research for Microsoft. She, uh, uh, she teaches courses at NYU. Um, she's like, I don't know, crazy, like has written so much stuff. Uh, seems like, yeah, researcher, journalist. Um, mm. but yeah. Thinking about technology and, and, um, yeah. So, I, I was aware of her and I'd read, you know, I'd seen her, I follow her on Twitter and, you know, so she's both a who to follow and, and a what to read. Um, but I picked up her book, uh, It's Complicated. And I, I had this on my shelf for a while and I just thought it was going to be kind of, you know, another like run of the mill, like, oh, you know, it's, it's about the, the network lives of teenagers. So it's complicated, the network lives of teenagers. Hmm. Uh, and it's like, well, you know, it's probably just like more of the same, like sort of moral panicky, but probably a little bit better because the other stuff I've seen from her is like not moral panicky. Um, but it is, it's phenomenal. She actually talks about moral panic in there. Um, and, and her, her thing is like, uh, even with social media and all, all these, all these things that adults or those older than teenagers wring their hands about, um, she's like, there's a lot of, I mean, it's, it's complicated, it, but there's a lot of good there as well as the things to be concerned about. Um, and, and she interviewed um, dozens of, of teens and, you know, so she did a, a qualitative approach and it's just, it's a, it's a very well-researched and documented book. Um, it's really, really impressive. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, even reading through the intro, 
I was like, oh my gosh, she's like, <laughs> she's articulating so many of the things that I feel like I've been trying to um, find the concise words for. You know, she's she's in one place building all these arguments that I feel like I've been trying to trying to put forth in the last couple of years. And so it just felt like this thing exists. <laughs> Somebody's already written down all these things that I've been I've been coming to, you know, from different, you know, different experiences. Um, so it just, I don't know, for me, it feels like this is, this is the handbook. Um, this is, this is really helpful. Yeah. You know, as so, so she, I'm assuming she does not leave it complicated. She's offering words of wisdom. Unlike this episode on, of this podcast where we've just said, Hey, all this is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we haven't offered yeah. much. Of- I don't, I mean, she doesn't offer as much advice, uh, not advice, it, but, uh, yeah. uncomplicating things is maybe, yeah. Yep. Yeah, she she shines a light on a lot of stuff, and and so I think I think what she does is for for adults who are worried about their kids or you know teachers who are worried about their students, it's it's trying to just say like maybe reconsider how this looks from a teenager's point of view, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, you know maybe just don't freak out quite as much as you have been. Mm-hmm. So so in that in that light, I think yeah, she uncomplicates it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think the story of this podcast is that. Uh, Everything is complicated, <laughs> and don't get it tw- don't get it twisted that just because you can Google everything and we ha- are in the information age, that we know what to do with it. Uh, there, there, we need to seek wisdom and guidance, and good interpretation in some way because uh, yeah, things are complicated and information in and of itself does not uncomplicate things. Mm. It's the story of this podcast, I think. Yeah, I and I, I might I might add just a little bit to that. So like yeah. yes, that and uh, I think I think that's actually where the best life happens mm. is is where it's complicated. Uh, so the the things that you can Google, those aren't the best parts of life. Like it, you know, they might get you to some some better things, but it's digging into the why, the what is beautiful. You know, the, all all these things that we've mentioned in the last hour. Um, that's the stuff that really makes life worth living. Um, so, so do not not shy away from the complicated. It's the complicated is good. Um, we, you know, we 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 get uncomfortable there, but I think I think it's worth noting that this is this is where good life happens. Um, and then secondarily, that we don't have to figure it out on our own. We don't have to live in the complicated alone. Um, we have each other. Um, again, that's the invitation from this podcast is to uh, is to have conversation to be on a journey together and you know and then and then again we talked about moral systems and you know and 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 we're coming at this from from a christian background um and i think there you know i think this is why this is why we we search you know this is why we look for you know something bigger outside of ourselves outside of humanity um and and i think for me it's why i'm convinced um you know in in, in the god of christianity Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Man, we went from the new Zelda on the Nintendo Switch <laughs> seamlessly, seamlessly into no, we did, we did not moral systems today. and and life is complicated. Yeah, wisdom seamlessly, amazing. Always a pleasure talking to you guys. Always, uh, man. Always. Yeah, really likewise. It's been great. It's yeah. been great. So thanks, guys, uh, and thank you to everyone who's been tuning in. Uh, you know, uh, hit us up on Twitter or whatever, and you know, let us know if you you have additional thoughts or questions on this and your, your take on all these things. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. All right, see you guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, have a good weekend, gentlemen. 
guys have been listening to Pixel Digest. If you have any comments or recommendations for us to check out, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Red Letter Gamer. Brett is at Brett SW. And Shamichael is at Shamike2009. Special thanks to Morgan TJ. We're using his song, I'm Going Berserky, available on ccmixter.org. See you guys next week. Yeah, 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 yeah.